Hello and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast episode 30. My name is Nolan. With me is... I'm Janelle. And... I'm Alex. You know, before we start, I had a few things I wanted to say. Because it's the end of the term. It's episode 30, I guess. I don't know anymore. It's week 11 now. Uh-huh. And congrats for graduating, Alex. You're done now. Yeah, That's I am. So good. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. And we finished our term and all of our listeners who aren't over the age of 40 are also done with this term and that's fantastic so yeah. good job everyone that's yeah. great we we survived a weird term yeah we did it mm-hmm. so and uh well heck it's summer break and we're smack dab in the gosh darn middle of jeff Keeley's summer of games <laughs> Woo. um before we talk about the big news this week which listeners will probably n- wait janelle looks like she has something else to bring up what is this breaking news can you do the sound I have it on good authority that as of, well, a couple days ago, it's not breaking. The founder of Hello Kitty, Shintaro Suji, stepped down as CEO at age 92. And you might be thinking, what's that got to do with video games? Did he like? Well, there are nine Hello Kitty video games, and there was an official Hello Kitty branded Game Boy, Dreamcast. Hello Kitty is pretty big in the video game universe, and I think it's important to. Why did he step down? He's 92. Oh. I thought maybe he, like, (laughs) uh... said. Black Lives Didn't Matter or something. No, like, he's <laughs> just really old, and I just needed to tell the world that. So what were you going to say? What's the name of the Dragon Quest composer that, like, co-signed a, a letter to the New York Times that was like, there was no right. war crimes committed by the Japanese on Chinese yeah. soil? I'm, not, I'm thinking of the wrong name. It's not Yuji Horii, because that is the creator of Dragon Quest as a whole. Um, oh, Koichi Sugiyama. Yeah. That dude's a I scumbag. Had to look it up, yeah. I was worried oh my it was going to be something like that. If you if you type in Koichi Sugiyama on Google, the autofill suggests uh, immediately <laughs> Koichi Sugiyama war crimes. <laughs> and I, I love... Oh, oh, that'd be great. Oh, man. Sorry. Anyway, Nolan, what were you <clears> saying? Um, I was just going to say that before we get into the big news, which I feel like listeners can probably guess what that is, we should probably talk about what's been going on. Alex, I like to always start with you. I don't know why. You you give me a good vibe, especially this week. What have you been playing lately? What the fuck? Wait, what does that mean? Oh, you won't give me a good vibe. I just, you know. What the hell? Your vibes just aren't as good as mine, all right, Janelle? It's fine. (laughs) We can't all be me, okay? Yeah, sorry. What are you up to, vibe queen? What's going on? Uh, What are you playing these days? Well, uh, as of a couple hours ago, actually, the day that we are recording this, which is the 13th of... June? June. I thought it was oh, July no. for uh-huh. some reason. Uh-huh. Time doesn't oh, no. mean anything anymore. It's fucked up. I hate it. But uh, as of today, there was an announcement at the uh, PC Gaming Show, which is one of the conferences that would have been at E3, that the critically acclaimed Persona 4 is now on PC. Weird. This, this is a game that I have been wanting to play for quite a while, so much that I considered uh, looking into getting a PSTV, which is a now-defunct um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Vita plug-in for your TV. Um, but now I never have to think about the Vita again, because it's on my computer. Um, so I bought it, and I've been playing it, and it is, it's very charming. Um, for people that don't know, it's a spin-off, the Persona series is a spin-off that gained a lot of success with Persona 5 and in the inclusion in Smash Bros. Um, spin-off of what? It's a spinoff of uh, Shin Megami Tensei, mm. which is a mm-hmm. Japanese RPG, but most people don't know that. They know Persona, though, because right. of yeah. Persona 5 and the, the funny meme song and the Smash Bros. character. Um, 
but this game came before it, and it also has a very similar vibe of, like, teens in high school are working together to, 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 with monsters and magical dreamlands to, to do things. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's very charming so far. Um, I hate she. I talked about this with Nolan earlier, or Chia, or whatever. She How the fuck you pronounce what? her name? She's oh, like such... Great. I hate She's... her so much. I, I think... See, Chia's that's my funny. favorite. I agree. Chia is my favorite of the bunch, except for... Yukiko. There's a scene Yukiko. towards the beginning Yukiko's where great. you're, for context, you're a what? transfer student. He's a student. stupid idiot. He's I like, got him confused with somebody else. I like no, Yukiko were you, too. Were you thinking of the uh, girl in the red sweater? Yes. Uh, her name is something, I think her name is just, God, I don't know. There's some Persona 4 fan out there screaming because they know, or maybe we already got the names wrong. <laughs> you, so, Yukiko is the headphone guy, right, Alex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, no, wait, hold on. No, Yukiko is the girl. Yukiko's he, the red sweater girl who owns the hotel. He's, um... His Yosuke. Yos- Yosuke. 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 That's what I meant. He, I like Yosuke the best because Yosuke yeah, was cool. the superior best friend character before Ryuji got popular. I agree. Um. Yeah. But Ryuji's also but the bomb. I love Ryuji. One of the first Chie, scenes with Chie is, is cool. uh, for context, your character's a transfer student. She's like introducing you to the school. You're walking down the road with her and also the... Uh, sweater girl, Kiyoski, or whatever her name is. I don't remember. Um, we just talked about it. But, okay. Um, but you're walking down the road, and she's like, hey, do you like her? And no matter what you answer, she'll be like, ha, yeah, she doesn't have a girlfriend because she's a loser. Like, what the fuck, Chie? They're in high school. They're, like, high school kids. Yeah, They're kids. Wait, are you seriously going to let that line, like, deter you from this she's character just for the rest jerk. of the game? High school kids acting like jerks is, like... I mean, that's... Th- that's the closest thing to reality that those games have. We're talking about a video game that has a stat check to determine whether you tell someone their cooking is bad or you pretend to, like, like it. <laughs> that that's the kind of game we're talking about here. It has all kinds of weird high school stuff like that. She's just rude. I didn't like it. Uh, my, you know who my... I do like is my my weird cousin sister figure. I want to take her to the department store as soon yeah. as possible. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, really good. She she's obsessed with she's obsessed with the uh-huh. department store that's advertised on TV and it has a catchy yeah, little jingle. It's <laughs> I I can relate because of my love for Don Quixote, based and the jingle and the jingle. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Uh, listeners, go play the Yakuza games. Back before I was unemployed, I had a coworker <laughs> that was like uh, obsessed with Trader Joe's. She would talk about how she would go to Trader Joe's and when we, uh, all the time, just like after work. And when we, uh, of course, the pandemic happened and we stopped going into the office, she was like, I really miss just walking around the halls of Trader Joe's. <laughs> and I was like, That makes sense. I had the same coworker and I remember her talking about the employees. She did the same all thing with you too. by name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm actually shocked that you're bringing this up because com- you weren't even there completely. No, yeah, she genuinely loves Trader Joe's. We've had conversations about too. Trader Joe's. She loves Trader Joe's. Oh, man. Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. But Persona Four. Yeah, have arguably, you heard Trader Joe's and Persona arguably 4? the best Persona game. I I've heard that a agree. lot. That discourse no, has come back in in circulation now that it's re-released. But I haven't played Persona Five. You two have. Yep. Yeah. And you uh-huh. both also um, played Persona Four, which I am playing through now for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I haven't I haven't finished Persona Four. Unfortunately, I also was looking into buying the PSTV a few years ago because I hated playing it on the Vita. Sorry, really? the Vita. <laughs> yeah, it's. The screen's small. It's the Vita. I'm not going to explain I why I did it when playing that <laughs> game on there. But um, I, I'd say that so far it's better. At least the, I don't know, 20 hours that I played of it was better than Persona 5 in almost every aspect. Except for the dungeons are so boring in Persona 4. That's I think the dungeons suck. What prevented me from completing yeah. the game is that they are 
essentially randomly generated um, um, listeners. If you played Persona Five and you got to the Mementos dungeon, the Mementos dungeons are the only kind of dungeons in Persona Four, except for they're all just gray yeah. and boring. Well, no, the the like the theming does change, but does the theming it? the theming never changes outside of. Um, texturing yeah because they, yeah, yeah. they can't make the rooms not uh rectangular hallways so they still but they'll have like like the the one in the um bathhouse has fog and you have bathhouse walls right. and stuff and the music's always different and how long types are, are these but, dungeons uh they are usually like 10 to 15 floors and each floor is going to be you're going through on each floor like four to five encounters with enemies before you find the exit and if you don't find the exit it can take you longer or you might stumble upon it um they're always procedurally generated so you can't memorize them but they're they kind of reduce the entire dungeon experience into combat gauntlet there's no um puzzle solving or there's there's no like designed explorable areas whereas persona 5 they went right out of the gate in the marketing especially emphasizing that it was a Persona game with, like, really lavish, interesting dungeons that all had navigational gimmicks and everything, and they're they're just so much more interesting. It sounds like that's just a product of its age, because, like, you know, a lot of dungeons, especially in uh, the Persona and Shin Megami series, which are kind of, like, dungeon crawler-y at their core, aren't they? Like... Yeah, but as someone who has actually played some of the Shin Megami Tensei games, those games do have interesting dungeons and also um even in like the time that persona 4 would have come out uh i mean like the final fantasy games still all had designed dungeons and whatnot and and it's not really like it really brings the game down because it's just one aspect of it and that game is so freaking fantastic that it doesn't detract too much it's just that if you're the kind of person who has a hard time getting super into turn-based combat in general, when you're in those combat gauntlets, you're in there for a long mm-hmm, time, and sure. there's nothing else to hold your attention except for the combat, so. Have you met Teddy yet, Yeah, Alex? I just, that's actually where I left off. I just met Teddy. I love Teddy. hate Teddy. No! <laughs> I fucking hate that idiot bear. I hate him. No. Morgan is a stupid pervert, but Morgan is much better than the idiot bear. I hate Teddy. <laughs> Teddy's insufferable. Oh I don't God, really have any strong feelings on Teddy yet, so I'm excited to see what happens well, when I interact with Teddy. Well, you hate a character for acting like a normal shitty 15-year-old. She sucks! So, I hate her! So I won't be surprised if you uh, hate Teddy, too. I like Teddy. Teddy's a good guy. You guys are too hard on Teddy. Teddy's a moron. I don't know, I don't know Teddy. I, remember, I met Teddy once, and then He's Teddy a left. Teddy kicked no, me out of his little house that was making me feel sick and <laughs> you go into his house and there's like one chair and like a chalk outline of a body and they're like yeah. what is this room and he's like i don't know <laughs> they're like so... people keep dumb people here get out and then you get dropped back at the department store and they're like we should go home i, I so... and Sorry, your cousin's go, go like i want to go to Junas." and your your father figures asleep because he's working too hard i like him too no he's great or, or, they're or great i like them um I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that this came out on PC today because all I've been wanting is a remake or remaster at least of it on PS4 maybe or Switch would be good too. But I think that a $20 PC port is kind of a letdown. It tells me that they'll never end up actually doing that. And I think oh, that I, game I, could really benefit. I think the exact it. opposite. I think that it will make its way on other systems eventually. 
Um, I don't know how soon, but I think it's literally just a matter of time. I think we'll get another Persona game before that happens, but I guess we'll see. No, there's no way. No, we'll see. Well, I won't spend a lot of time talking about it, but just to round out people saying what they're playing, um, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 was announced. I've been playing the first one. Not much to say. I'll talk about those games more with our big news of the week. But, uh, Janelle, what about you? Um, have I played a game this week? I don't know that you have. It has I've, been I've finals played, week, so. Yeah, I've been playing some Animal Crossing, obviously. I've only missed a couple days of that. But I have had one of the worst school weeks of my life, and I've just completely mm. set games aside. Um, I know Nolan and I are planning on replaying The Last of Us before it comes out next week, but after that game comes out... I've only got six days. <laughs> um, I think for the rest of summer, I'm going to mostly just be playing games from that itch.io bundle because like a ton of games just got announced for either later this year or early next year and i don't really want to like spend all of my money on games right now but (laughs) yeah yeah. but i do want to spend all of my money on last of us part two and ghost of tsushima (laughs) i already pre-ordered it the thing about that i had a really scary week alex because i pre-ordered it you know like the second it went live last september yeah and they went through a couple of release date changes which meant that, like, my Best Buy order still said the wrong date. And when I looked up the order number, it said that there was no order. So I had a really scary phone call where I called Best Buy, and it wouldn't let me get to a person, and I'm freaking out. Oh, I'm like, no. give me a human, give me a human, give me a human. And the woman, like, finally gets on the phone and is like, yeah, I see your order right here. I don't know what you're seeing, but it's here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Best so I've just Buy. Been, I've just been panicking for days and sounding like a moron for no reason, but... Did you use your, uh, your gamers rewards, whatever their rewards points thing was? I have no idea what you're talking about. That was incredible. Uh, That was like... Oh, wait, yeah. It was like... It was like 15 to 20% off any new game. And like, Mm -hmm. it was really, really good. So it makes sense why it's not around anymore. But... Amazon used to do that too. Yeah, Um, but Amazon had a restriction... Or it was 20% off pre-orders, I think. Yeah, Amazon, certain companies pulled out of it. uh, Pulled out of those deals. But that didn't happen with Best Buy. That was still around, so... But... No, I bought the stupid, expensive, like, $150 version, full price. See if you, I regret you stopped, that. You stopped just short of buying the one that comes with the backpack, if I remember. I did. And I regret that choice now. The only reason I did that was because it a big part of the cost was that it came with a vinyl record. But I already bought a Last of Us 2 vinyl at PAX the year before. And I thought, I don't need to. Do you think but you now have we actually have... worn the backpack? Yeah, I want to cosplay as Ellie for the next <laughs> convention I go to. Oh, nice. Um, In, like, 20 yeah. years or whenever this is all over. Yeah. yeah, and it's also a cool backpack, but now that we have a vinyl player in our room, I want that fucking record. I'm pretty annoyed <laughs> about it, actually, so whatever. Maybe you could I sift guess. around eBay. Yeah, you could find something. Yeah. Well, speaking of games like Last of Us Part Two, a big Sony exclusive, Sony had a big event um, this week. Huge and, event. By the Apparently, way, it got more views than any of their E3 conferences ever have. Yeah. Yep. By the way, insane. now we're in the news. We have finally seen the PlayStation 5. So Hang we on. Had a, what? We can't talk about how we got to see it until we talk about the fact that most of that press conference was showing us shapes and like, oh, yeah. and <laughs> like visual ASMR ways. I am it so was glad so you weird. brought that up. Because I, I, I remember loved thinking it. the same thing. I get that well, that's, like, their their thing, right? And the, the symbols on the PlayStation controller is, like, one of their, like, like their their symbols, right? Who, yes. What's the... Actually, wait. 
What's that shitty game journalist who's a real fucking scumbag sack of shit? His podcast is like a play on that. It's Sacred called Symbols. Sacred Symbols. Colin yeah. Moriarty. Yeah, I fuck Colin Moriarty. Hosted by Chris Raygun. Fuck Colin Moriarty and yeah. Chris Raygun. But uh, they spent a lot of time on those Sacred Symbols. Um, it's actually like their the cover of their podcast is a stained glass window with the uh, four symbols. It's, that's kind of cool, but again, they just fucking cool. suck yeah. and I hate them. It's wild. So, But... Yeah, no one's mm. right. We got to see the PS5, and people have we takes. Did. There was a big one-hour event that they streamed and showed a just a ton of games and ended with the console after a little announcement by, by Shuhei Yoshida. And what were you going to say, Alex? Can I talk about what they led with really quick? Like how they started Absolutely, off? yes, because I was going oh so to do okay. that too. This they... is a mess. This whole event was so nutso that we don't even know where to begin with it. It's yeah, wild. so they started off with the Rockstar logo. Uh, Rockstar is the developers of uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto. So people got really, really excited. And there was footage on the screen. And then we saw a character from uh, Grand Theft Auto V, which has been out since 2013. Um, and so they're just, they announced that they're re-re-releasing the game for PS5 and justified it by saying, My Grand Theft Auto has always been a part of the PlayStation family. Like, every console has had one. And it's like, yeah, so but... I, I have two takes. Okay. One that hurt particularly badly because... It was right after they made it seem for a second like they were announcing that the whole console was backwards compatible fully because it like began with the PlayStation 1 logo and then 2 and 3 and 4. No, actually, oh, it was only yeah. one. It was they, only one. They, they did the PlayStation 1 startup screen and that was it. But they oh, showed, right. But then they, they, went, they went through the games of, yeah, yeah. from. Yeah. yeah. So I thought we, we both thought for a minute like, fuck, yeah, that's really cool. And then that's not what happened. And, and then that was a rumor. That. So it wasn't completely unwarranted to think that. That was that yeah. was a leak from forever ago, and that was a rumor. But aren't they doing? Didn't they come out and say that they're doing what Xbox One is doing, where they're like going to stagger their releases? Like it's not inherently backwards compatible. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, something, but um, with the GTA thing, like re-release it on the PS5. I don't care. I think it's a little bit ridiculous that Rockstar is known for making really good games. I hate Grand Theft Auto, but um people get mad that they don't release their games fast enough so whatever i don't care re-release it there but maybe don't open up your ps5 showcase with that announcement yeah that's, that's not very exciting this is the yeah. game that's been out for how what year is it 2013 yeah it's been out for uh, i can't do basic math what is that seven, seven years it's been it's out for seven, seven years, years. <laughs> it's been out for literally an entire console generation will have come and it's gone. been out since the last of us one yeah came out that being said the rest of the event was pretty damn good in, yeah. in most ways. I, yeah. At least that's my opinion. Yeah. I, I, think I, that, I think that it lacked some big hitters, but there was a lot of interesting stuff in there. Um, I think that one thing about gaming events in 2020 is that we're in this cursed zone where, for some reason, even if you go out of your way to avoid leaks, um, I feel like it's really easy to end up knowing exactly what you're going to be seeing before any of the surprises happen. Yeah. Like, we all knew... We, we have known that Gorilla was going to announce Horizon Zero Dawn 2 f for, like, I want to say like since, October. like, 2019. Yeah. Like, since, like, a long, yeah, October or something. We've all known that would happen. Um, nobody thought that Rockstar wasn't going to put GTA V forward. And yeah, that thing prints PS4. money. With one million 
whatever the GTA dollars are for online I, every I, month until and, it comes and, out. Yeah. I've also become I've also become jaded because there were games like the one that um, I want to say it's called Project Athea looked very similar to the Unreal Five tech demo. It looked almost like a branch of the same game, in fact. Um, but I've gotten to a point where I watch these events and I say, okay, that game uh, was called Project Single Word. So it's never going to come out. Yeah. <laughs> or or it will come out in 2031. And be really on a, bad. On a different console generation. Yeah. <laughs> or it'll come out and they won't change the name. It'll still be Project Athea, but it won't be good. And you, it's like, this is like a death sentence. You don't do that to your games. I know that's just superstition, but it, I, I, you, you get wary of these big corporate events over time. You get burned enough. Yeah. Especially yeah. lately. But, um... I think for me, one of the, the weird scummy things that I noticed is that the majority of the games, it was all suggested at, and at one point they even say, I think the exact vernacular they used was, it was designed for the PS5. Yeah. Most of these are not exclusive to the PS5. They're coming to other consoles, or they're coming to PC, or a couple of them I think even said they were coming to current generation consoles. So, like... Yeah. It's, well, it's for sure, like... Manipulative. There's no way, like, um... There, there's no way like Bug Snacks is only going to be on PS5 right, or but games like, like that, you know? Yeah. I think that they should should have been a little bit more open about that and clear. So we we we've mentioned a handful of games here. We should talk about the games, and don't worry, we will get to the big thing, the console itself, of course, because that's what we all tuned into the event for. But um, tell me, both you guys, what games that were announced stood out to you was there anything in this reveal that made you feel like the ps5 is going to have a particularly strong launch lineup or that gave you any impression of what what to expect in the fall how do you feel overall um alex you can start i need to look over the list again yeah well for me it was like like i i talked earlier about my grievances with some of the exclusives not being exclusives but like a couple of the ones that they showed off that looked looked visually really pretty to me. That's the other thing. We didn't see a lot of gameplay, and that's true of a lot of these, but it still bugs me. It's like, you can show me a, a little sizzle reel. That's cool and all, but, like, tell me about your game. Let me see it before I, I get super invested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Nolan, I know you suggested it earlier. I don't want to take away too much of your thunder, but, like, Horizon Forbidden West looks yeah. really, really pretty. Um, I, that game gorgeous. looks gorgeous. I loved the first game, so I am very excited about this mm-hmm. okay personally i think this is going to be fantastic yeah the first game was i have no doubt this one will be too it ended really well i won't spoil it because i don't know if you've played it i know i've played a little bit of Nolan, it but i i'm very excited to see what they do i actually started playing horizon zero dawn pretty much right after that conference ended um that night and i the the first thing i did was start pursuing this side quest about talking to a doctor and I was outside of where you find that character and I found a, like a collectible data log. It was just this journal about someone traveling to the Forbidden West and I thought, that's too perfect. I, <laughs> for, a moment, for a moment I suspected they must have updated that into the game to be the first collectible you find after they could the presentation. Have. And it, but I didn't get an update, and it, and it was uh, it was it, it was it was tied to the location and the quest and everything. So I'm just, it was just a really cool little serendipitous moment. Yeah. But yeah. see, for so, me, when I played the first Horizon game, it nothing about it really stood out and felt unique to me. 
But I think part mm-hmm. of that is because I came right off the heels of Breath of the Wild, which is like the perfect open world game. Don't fucking add me, be... Janelle. But I, you should have. I was literally like holding my breath and rolling my eyes <laughs> when you said that. I feel like you just saw me do that. That was. Nuts. I, I, I sense exactly it in your soul because I know that you're but... you're wrong about Breath of the Wild. We can talk about that a different time. For me, Horizon Zero Dawn was like. It's fine. Nothing's really grabbing me, though. It's a I, neat I, setting, and I like Aloy, um, but, like, I, I don't know. I will say, having beaten the game, I think that the beginning of it is pretty bad, and there are a lot of aspects I don't like. I find Aloy and most of the NPCs insufferable, <laughs> but the late game, I think, is unbelievably good. So if it's something that you're kind of interested in, but not super, it, it in my opinion, gets a lot more unique later on. It gets pretty cheap too, doesn't it? Yeah, I got the for listeners who might be interested in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it it took me a long time with Zero Dawn. I want to say like maybe even ten hours, and this is probably more of a testament to my own stupidity than anything (laughs) in the game. But um, it took me like ten hours to to come to grips with the the combat system. It's it's really intuitive to sink your teeth into, but what they don't um do very explicitly out of the gate is explained that the like combat you're you're basically ineffective if you don't play it semi like a puzzle game like you need to be matching elemental attacks to vulnerable body parts and before you can even think about taking on a machine head-on you need to be like okay this machine has camouflage that makes it invisible and then when it's invisible it fires a laser so I need to remove its generator that makes it have stealth camo and then focus on destroying the laser, which is susceptible to tear damage. Mm-hmm. So I'll load my arrows that do tear and use the focus to zoom in on. Like, you kind of have to play it like that. And in the beginning, I was just firing arrows at enemies, and it, I was just dying constantly. And I actually stopped playing the game. But then I came back and I realized, oh, yeah, that was my fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this game's actually really interesting, and... There's a lot going on, and um, I imagine Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn or Horizon for I've been calling it Horizon Zero Dawn Two for a while because we've known it's Everybody. been the worst kept secret <laughs> in video games. People have known this game has been out yeah. in development for a long time, but I'm pretty sure Horizon Forbidden West is going to be more of the same. So if you're sure. into that, cool. A lot of people are. I might give it another shot eventually, but I'm busy with Persona Five, and um, mm-hmm. eventually uh, I'd like to be busy with Spider-Man Miles Morales. Hey, yeah, that's what I was gonna that say. Yeah. Has been such a complicated reveal. Yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah. First, first it was its own game, and then it wasn't. But actually, it is. It's very confusing. It was well, they say it's a standalone game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The thing is with the Spider-Man game, even if it is a standalone sequel, I mean, how, you, like they're gonna have to reuse assets regardless, right? Because they're not gonna. Like what is Spider Man gonna be in Boston? You know, it's a New York Boston. game. There are it's other always boroughs. gonna be a New York game. Like you're only well, on there, Long there, Island. There are other aren't you? boroughs. There are other boroughs, but you can't. You're gonna have to reuse. Even if you add Queens, you're not gonna remove Manhattan. So it's gonna be at least partially the same map as the first. Well, sure, game, right? sure. There's no way to get around that. So, I maybe when they were saying it's an it's uh, an expansion and a reimagining about Spider-Man, maybe. Could that have played into it a little bit? I think so. But what it sounds like is it's more along the lines of uh, Ground Zeroes or... Um, oh, what was that one uh, Uncharted game? Oh, Lost Legacy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're, they're, they're using a lot of the assets and making like a smaller, little separate experience. 
Um, Riding yeah. the line between DLC. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't play the first one. I've been meaning to. I just never got to it. But I love Miles Morales, so this is very exciting for the me. The first Spider-Man game is pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie. It's so great. Yeah, yeah. You should definitely give that a shot. Um, um ooh, Jinx. <laughs> hey. Um, Insomniac uh, also showed off uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. I'm so excited art. for that. I think it looks really fun. Mm-hmm. I have only played one other Ratchet and Clank game. It was the last one that came out, and I don't think people liked it. On the I PS4? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, the PS4 one's fine. I don't hate it as much as a lot of other people do, but I, I will say with this, you know what I do miss about Ratchet and Clank is that they got cowardly. They stopped naming their games after innuendos. Um, <laughs> because at one point it was, uh, Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal. Um, oh, what was the other one called? Ratchet and Clank fully loaded or something. They all had like these goofy innuendos that matched the tone of the games pretty well, I feel like. And then they stopped doing that, and Ratchet stopped being kind of a, a smarmy smarmy little teen, and he started being just oh. like this cute little cute little no. mouse boy. No, I'm sorry. Every game like that has the same edgy little teen. Spyro's a bitch. Um what's that fucking idiot thief I hate? Nolan what's his name? The museum guy. I don't know why you don't like Sly Cooper. It Sly makes Cooper's no sense. a fucking idiot. It makes Sly no Cooper. sense why you don't like Sly Cooper. He's a gentleman like thief. I hate all of these edgy little teenage boys who Sly Cooper's not even that edgy. He's just witty. Also, no, okay. Spyro's just an asshole. Like, Ratchet is <laughs> like... Spyro sucks. Spyro is literally... In the first game, Spyro does nothing but be a petulant asshole. But that's why Ratchet's I like, like him. No, I agree. But Ratchet has <laughs> hey, much Reddit. more than that. He's like, kind of like punky and like rebellious. Like, he's more than just a petulant child, whereas Spyro is literally just that. Um, <laughs> one thing that has me concerned about the Ratchet & Clank game, though, is that it looks a lot like a action set-piece type game, as opposed to a platformer, which mm-hmm. I feel like is more a Ratchet & Clank game, so we'll see how that turns yeah. out. Um, but the, the that, like, collapsing dimensions thing looked really cool, and if they actually are able to do that on the PS5, that'll be incredible yeah. i think yeah that game actually stood out to me as one of the most uh impressive technically not because of the graphics but because for me to be completely honest what i've seen of ps5 games i i feel like they are overplaying the graphical step it's not yeah it's not that big of a difference like a lot of those games even the ones that you would expect to be the heavy hitters like the NBA games, which I know that sounds stupid, but that's always where you get really realistic human models. Um, they kind of just look like really good PS4 games still. Yeah. So to me, what I'm looking forward to most about the PS5 is the processing expansion. Like to be able to have, you know, Miles Morales can probably swing faster across the city than Spider-Man in the first game could, or Forbidden West could have more complicated machines and more draw, of them at higher once. draw distance or something. Right, draw distance. Um, you know, with shatter with whatever that that game was called, the Ratchet Rift and Clank apart. one. They're Rift Apart. They're having you jump between several environments, like at the you know just instantly with no loading screens. Well, if that, if that actually is what it could do, that would be impressive. And I know I they had that... little loading screens where they were in like the little shattered world for no, three. Or yeah, four I was gonna say but... I see that take a lot, but like the yeah. the little the transitions are masked loading screens, which is fine. But they're really it's... they're really short though. Yeah, no, that's fine. In comparison to what would have been I'm not saying that's past. a bad thing at all, but like they are loading screens. You can't yeah. say that they're not like. 
and, and I'm not saying they're not, but if if that is the kind of speed that you can do that at, then that does sure. expand what you can do with level design. Um, sure. I I predict that a lot of games will use that type of gimmick. I think we'll see a lot of games really similar to like that level in Dishonored 2, where you're swapping back and forth between past and present, mm-hmm. the Clockwork Mansion or whatever. <gasps> I feel like this ha- what? What if we go to an alternate dimension where Ratchet's an asshole again? Like, Can Ratchet meets his alternate design asshole model? Oh, <laughs> uh, that'd be great. We love that. We yeah. love Ratchet and Clank on this podcast. It also should have been called Rift You a New One, if we're this gonna go with the, the innuendo thing. official podcast of Ratchet and Clank. Bring back the shitty innuendos. <laughs> God. Um, I like that the Oddworld game they showed was just still a side-scroller, too. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Like I didn't expect PS5 to, to game. do that. It's just like a, just another Oddworld game, guys. You know, yeah, you yeah, like the that. first few. Abe's, Abe's back, baby. We made Abe's Odyssey again. Yeah, uh, you guys <laughs> excited it. for Gran Turismo Seven? Uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> really? Honestly, um, yeah. I like Gran Turismo. The thing with Gran Turismo, I'm not, not going to buy Gran Turismo Seven. The thing when with Gran Turismo, I'll for buy me it two years later. It. Gran Turismo 1 and 2 and arguably, like, 3 was significant because it bridged this gap between, like, you know, simulation racing and arcade racing. So it made this really nice, accessible racing. Now that's every racing game. So, like, Gran Turismo 7 doesn't feel... Gran Turismo as as an IP does not feel unique anymore, you know? Well, they've moved... They've... They've moved completely into the simulation side of things, though. Yeah. Gran Gran Turismo has, has gone for realism... At almost at the like the abandonment of a lot of accessibility. Well, I mean, a lot of the um, game, uh, the Gran Turismo has always tried to push for realism, but it's always had like mechanically, it's been an arcade racer, you know. Well, there was some weird stuff with the past one, like how in Gran Turismo, um, God, I don't, I, I want to say six, there were premium cars that had fully modeled interiors and undercarriages and engines, and then there were the rest of the cars that just had like <laughs> flat black bottom halves yeah uh, if you flipped them over you'd like there wouldn't be any tubing or anything it's probably because it was a, a licensing visible. thing right because well, they have to get like real car licenses i think a big part of it was that um they they had a damage model in gran turismo 6 um for like scraping the paint and like warping the uh body integrity but a can't lot of car manufacturers won't car. let you like you can't like okay listeners Here's your homework. Go find one game ever made where you can destroy a Ferrari. And it's a trick assignment because you can't find one. Not like a GTA, whatever the hell they call it. I mean like a brand... Nolan means like a branded Ferrari. That's exactly why GTA has fake cars, is because you can't destroy a lot of real ones without the manufacturer getting pissy. In fact, heck, it extends further than cars. Alex informed me and Janelle the other day that uh, oh, in yeah. Marvel vs. Capcom trailers, you can't show the Marvel characters losing because it doesn't jive with their branding of Yep, of, they don't want like, to show heroes. the characters getting hurt in a <laughs> yeah. fighting game! That's absurd. Um, also, at the end, of, Nolan pointed this out to me, but at the end of the presentation, the only uh, companies that had a copyright logo were Sony, <laughs> Sony, which makes sense because it's a Sony PlayStation, and Marvel. Marvel Nobody had <laughs> literally a minute and 30 seconds, no more, no less, uh, of uh, of Spider-Man footage. And they got end card uh, 
copyright on there. I wish it was, I really wish so, that's a yeah. I really wish I don't I can't do Photoshop, but I wish I could because I, I make I the Marvel title, logo I want bigger. A title card. No, I want one that's like Marvel, Sony, and like Oddworld inhabitants. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. <laughs> Marvel, Sony, and Goodbye Volcano High. <laughs> Don't. Well, before we I... get into the other ones, there was one other first party one. Uh, Janelle, do you want to talk about Demon Souls? I was going to wait because I'm oh, okay, the most okay. excited for that one. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's that fine. Next. We'll come back to that, but um, keep in mind that's also a first party uh, PlayStation game. I, I yes. think, not, not to be um, like all semantic, but I think it technically isn't. Hell, whatever. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I... <laughs> I didn't even recognize it at first because it looked so different, but I've been telling you guys for a long time that I really want a new Demon's Souls game. So this is fucking awesome. This made the entire show for me. This and some other ones that we'll talk about. I am so damn excited. I think I yelped at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. It just, you guys, if you've never played Demon's Souls, you should still play the original because it's still really good and it looks really good, but... Oh, man. Oh, man, you guys. Oh, man. You guys haven't played it. What did you think about it? Well, this I... is the first Souls game, right? Yeah. As yeah. in, like, Bloodborne and Dark Souls and... Yep. Yeah. Nobody talks about Kingsfield anymore. Or Chrome Hounds, you know? People talk about... Whatever. I see people talk about Chrome Hounds. They talk about Chrome Hounds yeah, in man. the same sentence as they do with, um... Oh, God, what was it called? Metal Wolf Chaos. Metal though. Wolf Chaos. Yeah. Chrome Hounds is... Chrome Hounds is a blast in, in that, like... You know, but it's not important. Souls <laughs> games, though. That's I have never at. actually finished one. You know, you you started with Demon Souls, which is crazy to me because I feel like I feel like everybody I know, except for you, who's played Demon Souls, went back and played it after the popularity of Dark Souls. But you were there on the ground floor. Yeah, man, I was there first. What's up? <laughs> we're the official sponsor of Demon Souls here at the Emerald Games Cast. Yeah, I actually like it better than all of the Dark Souls games. Really? I don't. It's like on par with Bloodborne for me. I think those are the two best ones. Um, hmm. Granted, Demon Souls is the only one I've ever finished. I haven't actually beaten any of the other ones because they're too hard. They're hard <laughs> and scary. See, I heard Demon Souls but... is the hardest one and also the scariest one. But yeah, but you have to consider. I played that back in like. 2013 where I was a really depressed teenager and I had nothing to do but just sit in my room and play video games all day long every day mm -hmm. so stuff like that was a little bit more accessible for me at the time I think but I yeah. love that game this is exciting I I'm seeing a lot of conversation on just how much they like restyled it people are that, a little yeah. bit upset I think it looks great and like I said, the first one still looks so good, or the original still looks so good, that you can go back and play it. I don't think you're really losing anything with this new art style. Blue, Blue Point also has a really solid track record. Um, that's the developer doing the remaster. They made a almost perfect remaster of Shadow of the Colossus yep. that I would say, as a huge fan of the original, um, is the definitive way to play it. Um, and it doesn't... There's no there's no mechanical compromise in that game, which I I'm not a Demon Souls fan, not because I don't like it, I just haven't played it. But I imagine I wouldn't be too far off of the consensus opinion of Big Souls fans if I were to say, I imagine that mechanical compromise is a hell of a lot more important than visual. So yeah. if they can keep that intact, I don't see uh, a bad game coming out. Yeah, it's gonna be really good. And and heck, like. I, I, I would prefer a new from soft game personally, but as someone who hasn't played Demon Souls, this works for me. Yeah. People 
people are speculating based on the trailer that we got that they're going to be adding locations that had either been scrapped before mm-hmm. or unfinished. And yeah, that... there was the snowy, snowy mountains that weren't yeah. in the original game. and Yeah. The, those were also prominent in the original trailer, but not quite as much. So people think that they're going to make that. Interesting. Thing. So I'm looking forward to that. Demon Souls was supposed to have a whole a whole um, expedition into the land of the giants that got cut. Mm-hmm. That that might might end up in this game. Hopefully, potentially. Um, other games though that we're mm-hmm. looking forward to. I am personally very excited for Hitman Three. I know. Yeah. Nolan, you are as well. I'd imagine you're a big Hitman fan. Sure. I'm not a big Hitman fan. You're a I... Hitman fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Hitman fan. One of many. I like Hitman 2016 a great a great many. It's fun. I didn't play Hitman 2 because it's one of those games that I won't buy for a full price. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's about my interest. Hitman 3 looks fun, but I'm kind of I want to wondering what's going on because like I played Hitman Absolution and I remember that Hitman Absolution was already about him abandoning his firm and hunting down his handler because of a personal grudge. So I always think it's funny when developers do the same thing again and they're like agent 47's most intimate personal story yet and it's like you guys definitely already did this and nobody liked it like <laughs> i didn't do it again it's like how the last three tomb raider games have all been about the rise of laura croft yeah, yeah. It's when like, will, yeah. When will she like, finish rising and and, and and they always end with an allusion to her like having that mansion room the first game had in the tutorial and it's always like the twin guns you, you and, never yeah. you never really get to see the mansion or the twin guns or, yeah it's a whole thing i uh don't get me wrong i'm not saying that i'm disappointed they're doing that story i actually like it when developers go back and do things they already did but better i think it's a really interesting way to do your franchise i'm just interested in the locations i i don't yeah i i i, I don't care much about the plot of hitman 3 i don't i don't does anyone like i want to no. know about what what are the new six countries that they're going to? If there's six, there's always been six, right? Uh, I don't know. In Hitman think, 1 and 2? I think so. Yeah. I think so? Yeah. But I guess we'll see. Is Tokyo 1, is there a reason I think that? Uh, you, the, there was definitely was a shot Tokyo, with some kanji was... written on a street. There was. I don't okay. know if that's, it was China or Japan though. we didn't get to find out. Not that I saw. Wasn't, we'll wasn't see. it, uh... The, the northern region of Japan in... Uh... Hokkaido yeah. was that in was, Hitman 1. Yeah, yeah, that was in Hitman 1, and that was a good level. I, yeah, there's a there's like a American tourist in a kimono with a giant Stetson cowboy hat, <laughs> and he's like walking around complaining that the fish is raw and shit. It's amazing. It's really good. I love that game. Um, there was one we all knew was coming, probably like months before was this there? show happened. But um, Resident Evil 8 got shown. Oh, Ooh. yeah, yeah. We That's what I know we wanted the most. Yeah. Resident Evil 8 was my number one thing that I wanted out of this show. And mm-hmm. I got it. And I got a weirdly lengthy trailer with, like, three different tones. And I'm totally into it. It's very Resident Evil. This one is looking to be sort of a combination of the um, horror stylings of Seven with the more European village cult theme of 4. And it also seems, according to the blog, to be also uh, focused more on combat and exploration, which makes me think it might be kind of abridging the gap between classic Resident Evil and... Because in real life, you know, what happened with Resident Evil is they went from the classic golden era of survival horror within the space of, like, one game immediately into all-out action, and they only escalated. There was never... 
really a Resident Evil game that bridged those two, unless you consider Nemesis to be slightly an action game, which some do. But in any case, it, I mean, this trailer was fantastic. What, like, what do you think? Like, you something, something to say? I think that the trailer looks really good, and I'm very excited for it, but I am disappointed. I loved Resident Evil 7, and I loved how they really brought it back to its spooky roots. Uh-huh. So for it to go back again to being more action-y really disappoints me. I, I was positive that the next game would be just as scary as 7. So I'm a little bit left down, but... I don't know. It's it's it also scary. it's possible that it might still be. Yeah, it might still be scary. Also, when they said like what what was it that it said on the screen? It was like it's the end of his story or something. End of his story, yeah. yeah. I was positive that would be about Leon and I'm a little bit disappointed that it wasn't. I would be shocked if Leon does not show up in this. He'll game. show up in I'm, some I'm putting, I'm putting my money down right now that Leon Kennedy will make a surprise appearance like halfway through this game. It's it's a European countryside. I feel like Leon is oh, just yeah. there. He's just been there yeah. the whole time. I feel like <laughs> this game I'm, yeah. I'm going to call this right now, listener, and you can you can look back to episode 30 in in 2021 and learn that I was right. Hopefully, there's going to be a fan service moment where Chris enters the scene and Chris Redfield is like going to kill Ethan. And right before he pulls the trigger, Leon Kennedy comes in and points the gun at Chris. Oh, shit. And they say something like, it's been a long time, friend. Oh, you're back or something like that. That's going to be in Resident Evil 8. I'm calling it right now. And then Chris crushes (laughs) fucking... uh... Leon's little twink head with his massive biceps. No, 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 no. He's because... the size of Mr. X. No, man, because there's <laughs> that part... huge! No, because there's that part in Resident Evil 4 where Leon um, gets in a knife fight with that guy that he fought in South America with, and once he kills him, he takes his giant Bowie knife and looks at it and goes, huh, like, it could be useful later. And he slips it back into his little tack vest knife holder and it never comes up again. How baller would it be if in Resident Evil 8, Leon drew that knife on Chris? Wow. That would be... That's some storytelling. Yeah. That's my dream. That's that's Chekhov's gun, but with four <laughs> games in between it. You know? I'm a little bit concerned with the stupid werewolf monster guy. There's um, been stupid monsters in every Resident Evil. Are you... Yes, yes, but however, let me say this. They make sense in the first three games, lore-wise. After that, they get a little bit wackier, and I was a little bit less down. I don't like the the molded from Seven. From the first game? The giant snake His name is Yawn. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Alex. All I'm saying is that at least the first three games had a consistent weird monster energy. But then, like, Seven has the molded that aren't scary or make any sense at all. And the thing I, don't know. I think about Resident Evil that's important to remember is that even in the very first game, slight spoilers, sorry. For the, Resident Evil for 1. For Resident Evil 1. <laughs> the, the, the zombies of the T-Virus were a byproduct of trying to create the tyrants. They, right. they, they, they were always trying to make like bio super weapons. And like Mr. X in Resident Evil 2, the, the giant guy in the trench coat, is not, like, this crazy new addition to the villain roster. Making tyrants like that was always the the point, and the zombies just also happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to me, a Resident Evil game is not truly a Resident Evil game unless it eventually escalates to some straight bullshit, like fighting a giant alligator before the credits roll. <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. need... To me, you need to have the tense horror, 
and the wacky, bizarre, absurd mess of an ending. Otherwise, Absolutely. it's not truly a Resident Evil game, you know? So, we do have a time crunch, and we got a lot to cover. Um, yeah, sorry. You're good. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, let's just go through some of the, <laughs> the other ones really quick, I guess. Um, sure. Bug Snacks? Hey. Eh, sure. I don't... This is the issue I had with a couple games. It's like, it's like, oh, it looks cool, or it looks cute, or interesting, but, like, what game is it? Like, well, games like that, whenever they show up in those reels, they don't feel like they're meant for us. They feel like the way married couples can justify buying a game if they have, or a new console if they have kids. They're like, this isn't just for me. It's also so we can buy bug snacks for Sure, Jimmy. but like, I, I might be interested in bug snacks. I sure. can get it for Jimmy too, but like, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, goodbye, Volcano Hide. We want to talk about this? Nope. <laughs> I think the idea of, like, dinosaur teens coping with the end of the world could be interesting. This game looks right. really ugly. That game is disgusting. It looks... And the, all the character designs yeah. look awful. And there's some weird controversy with the creator, so I don't yeah. know. I, I know I'm not going to be playing this game, but it looks so ugly. And <laughs> That's mean or whatever, but... Yeah. Sheesh. Uh, Stray. I'm interested mm. in Stray. I want to know. That's another oh, game yeah. that I don't know what it's going to play like. I want to know more. I am very interested in that game as well. I got ragged on pretty hard on Twitter.com for making fun of the cat. Yeah, you should never I make think, fun of the cat. I think that game looks cool. That setting is rad as hell. Yeah, I that, like the like, robot designs yeah. too, where they have yeah. like almost like CRT heads. Yeah. Yeah, reminds me of that one character in Watch Dogs 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought... That little devil inside looks yes. like a lot of fun too. Little devil inside. Um, oh yeah, that one looked cute. Yeah, I'm interested in that one. It kind of reminded me of Monster Hunter in a way, and I'm not sure that that will reflect the way the game plays at all, and it probably won't. I mean, but you're I literally a Victorian Monster Hunter, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it, I'm interested cute. in that. Uh, do we have any other in, of the indies? All right, do you guys have the list pulled up? Uh, I already mentioned Oddworld, and I kind of ragged on it, but I was really joking. I want listeners to know that, that game actually looks really fun, and I really like cinematic platformers, and I also yeah, yeah. like Oddworld. Uh, gosh. Annapurna really put out this um, this conference. They had, like, four or five. There, There's this new game by the guys that made Super Brothers, Sword and Sorcery. Oh, yeah, Jet. I forgot about that. Um, which, heck, is another one of those games. You're not entirely sure what's going on, but it looked like you're piloting kind of a little interstellar spaceship over an ocean to try and find a place for a colony, perhaps. Um, I thought it looked pretty cool. And yeah. just, like, to Alex's point about how we didn't really see what any games were actually mm -hmm. about, it, it didn't feel like they cared about showing us what kinds of games they were putting out. It felt like they cared more about showing us pretty games with a lot happening on the screen to show off the PS5. But yeah. there were some pretty games that looked really darn cool. Yeah. And I know which ones I think would be good to talk about before we round out this segment. For me, there is Ghostwire Tokyo. Meh. Looked like not what I expected. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I expected Ghostwire Tokyo to be a horror game. Yeah, that let me down. It looked a lot more like an arena shooter. When they actually showed it. Yeah, it was interesting. Which I, I'm not sure how I feel about. Um, I tend to feel like if you do a setting that well, that 
it can be a little bit disappointing for me personally when it's an arena shooter because you you never get time to look at the setting when you're playing a game like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Real but, quick, before we get to the big one that I think me the three of us are going to talk about, uh, yes. what the fuck is Pragmata? That Not one Dead bothered Space me. That was one bothered oh, yeah. me. <laughs> because it's also like, you gotta tell me what this game is like for me to care about it, right? Nah, man. They saw the Death Stranding trailer. They know... Yeah, get there ya. was a big name attached to Death Stranding. The cultural power of Death Stranding <laughs> is a lot bigger than with Pragmata, where it's like, I, I don't understand what this game is. Yeah, Maybe it'll be cool, so, but I want to see more of it. For listeners that didn't see it, it's like a man in a spacesuit walking through Times Square, and then there's a little girl in a coat crouched there, and he goes like he's going to talk to her. And there's like her. a ghost cat. You see the cat skeleton? The, yeah. And then... Um, oh no, stray! Oh the, no! Like the, <laughs> like the sky is broken into, and it's revealed that the New York skyline was the interior of a dome screen, and it's a space not... station and starts falling the in, and then he flies up to it, and and the trailer kind of just ends. It has the Simpsons orb around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, Homer's driving his motorcycle up there, <laughs> moving around. Um. What's the big one, Alex? Uh, oh. Deathloop. You know what the big one is? From Arcane Studios. Deathloop. Oh, yeah. This was I announced forgot when last you said that. E3, I was like, what's, what's he going to say? Oh. he <laughs> looks rad. I'm so excited Deathloop for that game. Deathloop looks super Nolan cool. Nolan Good liking Arcane games Shocking. has been an inside <laughs> joke since probably 2011 or something. Yeah. I, I freaking love Arcane. I, I've never played a game from them that I did not think was like my favorite game of that year. Except for Prey, but only because Red Dead 2 came out. If Red Dead 2 had not come out in 2018, Prey would be the game of the year. So I will say at the start of that trailer, I already made fun of you for this, Nolan, to Alex, but for all of our listeners, I was like, you know, Arcane games are really fun, even though they're all super samey. And he was like, this one doesn't look that samey at and all. Then and then instantly he blinked like in Dishonored and then did like the Dishonored gun thing. And he went, oh, oh no. I was going, oh my God, it's the same animation. When <laughs> it's he, the when, same when, game. He, when he draws the knife and flips it out and when he pulls the gun, it's the same animation. Like... <laughs> yeah, but you know what's great about this game is I don't think it's going to punish you for using all the fun tools that you had in Dishonored. Okay, that's an, a topic for a different day. But I like Dishonored. that getting a bad ending is a punishment. I like opinion. Dishonored. But Dishonored gives you a, a toolbox of really fun mechanics and tools. True. And then gives you a bad ending for using them. I don't think that's... I'm with Nolan. I don't think a bad ending means that it's bad. However, I do understand the desire to play a lot of the and get a good ending. It's and I even, think I totally get people that say that. It's also a big thing to remember that Dishonored is a stealth game. And a good portion of your, your powers in Dishonored are not stealthy. Like, yeah. if you want to use yeah, a lot of them, true. you have to get up in their face and make it like a combat-type game. They did a fantastic job rectifying that in Dishonored 2, if you play as Emily, where I heard about that. the majority yeah. of her powers are traversal or stealth, and yeah. it's it's A+. But, but Deathloop! Deathloop looks like, to me, what it looks like is the combat side of Dishonored and Prey with... um without the punishment of either and a really really rad 1960s setting 1960s-esque it's really more like a pulp film um, it, of the it, era. I, I was gonna say kinda, it feels very kill billy me, yeah it kind of reminded me of like kill bill but also sort of like a black exploitation film but 
in in, in a way like in the yeah um, yeah yeah just like like hyper violent poppy uh really angry aesthetic and if, if black dynamite was not ironic you know right yeah. you're 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 playing as this man who lives in a place where everybody is just constantly trying to kill him as like entertainment and he respawns infinitely and so he just just broods and just gathers <laughs> anger over the years and every time he dies he wakes up and just grabs his guns and just starts fucking murdering everyone and and there's another character that is a counter assassin trying to come in and kill him and I, I guess I learned that this game was going to have a Dark Souls-style so invasion me. mechanic where oh. it's not multiplayer deathmatch by any means, but what it is is you can choose to fill the shoes of that female assassin and you can invade other players' single-player games and hunt them down. I, I love that. Right. I think that's, that's awesome. That sounds inc absolutely incredible. Yeah, that game looks like a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Arcane reminds me, I was really expecting to see Starfield at this. Really? Yeah, I feel like because I feel like this yeah. it is. I didn't, look, I don't care about that game. I just thought this is like the biggest time to announce this. It would make sense for them to announce this here. Yeah. So I'm just a little surprised, I guess, that they didn't. I don't think we're going to see Starfield for years. Well, look, that I game's wish. not coming if out. If it comes out. Yeah, that's the other that thing. That game's not coming out. But I... I wouldn't have been surprised, I guess, to see something about it at that presentation. Yeah. 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 Well, that about rounds up the PS5 showcase, except for the PS5, which oh, we also saw. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. And um, there's not a whole lot to say about it, because we already talked about the PS5 controller on a previous episode, which really makes up the bulk of the information. Um, we saw the, the only physical information console left is the design of the console. Which Controversial. I know we yeah. have takes on. I called Alex a piss boy coward or something. Alex, tell me what you think about the you design did. of the PS5 I think it looks kind of dumb, but I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> a bad thing. Like, I, it's like wavy and white. I think it's sick. I like it. <laughs> it looks like a. It looks like a router. It looks like a fake console in like a sitcom. Yeah. Like they would make like this like oh this is the newest uh play town. <laughs> Look, people people have been making fun of the PlayStation consoles forever. I saw a post about this yesterday that was like the PlayStation 1 was compared to a toy, the PlayStation 2 looked like a DVD player, the 3 looked like God, I don't even know what. That thing was well, a mess. The PS2 was a DVD player. That's why it sold so many copies. I mean, people yeah. were making fun of it for looking like a, v yeah. a VCR, is what I meant yeah. to say. It's so fat. And like the PS4, <laughs> I think, has the best design out of all of them. But Alex, I remember a few weeks ago, you were saying they're all just a box. This one certainly isn't and a box, that's... and you're still complaining. Here's what will make thing. you happy? No, 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 no. What would make you happy? No, 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 do you no, need like a hologram console? Shut up, shut up! When I was saying it was just a box <laughs> i i didn't have a problem with that that's fine they can be just boxes and maybe they should be right no i don't think so there's I think nothing why because like you're not gonna be it's gonna be under your tv collecting dust what i wanted to see and didn't get to see very much of unfortunately was the ui that's what you're gonna be interacting with like i, yeah. I think that making it like this and making it yeah. stand up the standing up thing also bugs me because of like how a lot of it doesn't have to, but and they want you to stand it up, right? So they wanted you to stand up the PS2 also. Though. No, they like, didn't. 
Are you kidding me? They PS2, sold the stand. The PS, yeah, they <laughs> sold a stand, but the PS2 is designed to be on its side. Yeah, but remember how you can turn the logo? You can, you can it's, it's on a little pivot. Yeah, yeah, I remember Did you know that. you know by that? Yeah. I keep seeing takes that are like, this won't match any of my furniture. But like, those are takes from guys who live in like, a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> without any furniture, probably, and use, like, a cardboard box as their nightstand. I don't want to hear that from them, hey, okay? don't disparage them too hard. That's how everyone starts Animal Crossing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's starting to tent. But, like, it's... With a cardboard box. That's true. I, I don't. <laughs> I think it looks cool. I think it looks kind of dumb, and I don't think it needs to look dumb. I wouldn't have had an issue with it just being a box. <laughs> I think that would have been fine. But and I think that's a misconception. But also, Xbox made theirs a box and people said that looks stupid the as well. xbox one is one of the best looking consoles i think if we're I being completely xbox honest one x. what also i disagree i think it's ugly but the xbox one x is just a box it's a tower yes yeah, yeah it, it's it very is. tall i don't like how tall these consoles have been getting i don't like the, the my... precedent they're setting where we have to stand up our consoles my favorite looking console is the um hello kitty Dreamcast. ps3 slim yeah i like the ps3 slim a great deal it's very pretty. I like the PS4 Pro also. It looks like a hamburger. <laughs> I like that about it. <laughs> no, it looks like, like an eraser. E- look, even Both. even if some of us have a really bad take here, yeah, like I think we can. Mm. Nolan, what do you think? Do you think it looks good? I think it looks good. Fuck you, Alex. I also Alex. think that we should mention that it does look silly. Yeah, but I kind of like that it looks silly. I think it's like I it's fun. didn't it, I say that just that it's earlier? Like weirdly, yeah. It, it's like you were being hateful. Curvy. Oh my god! It's weirdly up. curvy. It's sexual. I don't like how it. sexual it is. It's 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 got. A, it almost looks like it's like like wearing clothes. What? Because the inside of the console looks like it is a box with rounded corners, but then it has like a coat on. See, I <laughs> just like the controller. I... That's the name of our episode about the controller. Yeah. I I did say before that I thought it would be dual tone and uh-huh. I'm pleased to know I'm right, right I, yeah. the reason I like the console so much is because I think that they can do really cool things with limited edition ones later yeah I they, think they could I think it'll look a lot better than every what, limited edition PS4 that just they, has a picture on top of it would they not do the same exact thing with that though maybe but I think a cool wavy blue box would look a lot better than this one I don't know I think it's cool. But that's exactly However, what we were saying earlier. Like, it's just going to be a design. Like, they're not going to radically yeah. reinvent the whole console. I mean, yeah, but, like, I don't know. I As somebody who lately has been trying to get into, like, collecting cool-looking consoles, I'm pleased to have this one next to my pink PS2. Sure, sure. I'll tell you what is important also about the announcement is that, like the Xbox One, this will come out of the gate with a digital edition as well. There's going to be a PS5 with no disk drive. Yeah, that's is interesting. Even more curvy that... because it doesn't have a big disk bump on yeah, it. The, the disk so drive so almost seems like curvy. an afterthought. Well, it's less curvy. I guess. I guess it has less curves, but it's more consistently curvy. It's not pregnant I... with a disk. <laughs> <laughs> I. It kind of makes me sad. That makes me a little bit worried about like. Me too. Physical games yeah, later, you yeah, know. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not thinking it's. Uh, too early to say we only have like a decade or so left with yeah. disc games being predominant the clock is ticking it's for, for the better games. it's for the better of the planet but i like having discs yeah that's, yeah that's, that's my advice that's my i mean the big thing with discs especially nowadays is that like digital copies almost always sell better so like 
you could also... still have physical games be made in like limited edition, limited batches or whatever. But I don't know. Ownership is a big thing too. Like yeah. when yeah. you own a game That's digitally, you don't actually own it. Like a, uh-huh. a, yeah. a, a company can take away a digital game at any time for any reason, right? And that's yeah. a big thing to remember. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm glad that they're bringing back the like PS2 remote. Yeah, it's mm. it, and it's being launched with it this time, right? Instead of the PS3 and four. That's what I thought, but no one not not totally think sure, so. but but it might be. Let's look, look it up. I I I just think the whole thing. I just think the whole thing's dang cute. I just like it, and I and I am looking forward to getting it because I can play my PS4 games on it. So I'm not buying the digital one. No, no. Because that's a huge downgrade to me. Yeah, if it's, the if it's significantly cheaper, too. that'd be good. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you. Speaking of significantly cheaper, that's a good segue. They haven't told us how much it costs yet. No, they haven't. They haven't told us how much the Xbox is either, though, right? Yeah, Neither so they're in want... a war of attrition right now because each one yeah. wants to try to undercut the other one if they can. What's your guess? And play prices right? What, yeah, let's play guess? prices right. I don't know what my guess is. I have no idea, but I know for a fact that the Xbox will be significantly cheaper than the PS4. That'll be my, their my big, guess like the, is, their big corner on the market. I think four ninety nine is my guess. Four ninety nine for the disc one, two ninety nine for the disc list. I've one. been seeing yep. some insane predictions. Like people are saying it's like eight hundred dollars, which I'm like, that, people say no that way. every generation before a new console comes out. Yeah, though. like I no highly way. doubt that they're not gonna. Nobody's gonna buy their fucking console if it's eight hundred dollars. That's just absurd. Yeah. I do. Look, so I, I don't know what it's going to be, but I do know that the Xbox will be significantly cheaper. That's my bet. The PS5 looks exactly like my cell phone, so I'm excited to inevitably take Instagram shots of my PlayStation 5 <laughs> next to my identical cell phone. <laughs> so that'll be good. So he- here's the thing. We had some other news, but I'm curious, you guys, we're running a little short on time. Um, how do you guys feel about, real quick, running over the best game of 2001 and saving some news for next week. Oh, I thought we were going to do the uh, Battle Royale. I didn't realize we were doing 2001. I didn't prepare for this shit. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but this is kind of fun. I'm enjoying this and I don't want it to stop yet if that's okay. No, yeah, totally. Guys. But I didn't realize I should have gotten prepared. <laughs> well, oh, uh, okay. if Janelle I and I go first, maybe you could... I already know what you're going to say anyway. So. Do you? <laughs> I think I do. But I'm, I'm good with holding off the news because the other news one of them is a little bit not that important and one of them will make me sad again and can we just not be sad for one episode one of them is a little one bit too, resolved uh, too much itself. to talk about with the time we have yeah one of them resolved yeah. itself and the other one is really big so uh yeah alright 2001 games Nolan okay. no, do you want to go first no you go first <laughs> oh, I go first okay okay listener you know that last week I you know because you listened to all of our episodes loyally that last week i said i'd be talking about shenmue 2 but (laughs) that was a ploy i said that so that i could talk about shenmue 2 without compromising my choices for 2001 2001's crazy i didn't even look at the list this is an oh no yeah because the best game of 2001 wait can i guess you guess it's either metal gear solid 2 Uh, or sonic adventure 2 no no it's a tie between Metal Gear Solid Did 2. Did we not go over this last time? <laughs> it's a tie between Metal Gear Solid 2 no, and you pick one. Eco. Oh, and Eco came out that year? Yes. Oh. Cool. Which Listen, one's your favorite? I love pick Sons one. of Liberty. Okay, fine. If I have to pick one... We'll talk, talk about it first. If I have to pick one, it's Metal Gear Solid 2. Because Eco, I love 
Fumito Ueda and the Team Eco games, but Eco is their weakest game. Um, it wasn't until Shadow of the Colossus that they really became a powerhouse, though Eco is a really artful, good game. But Metal Gear Solid 2 is already in masterpiece territory um, in 2001. No, no further expounding needed. So go, go play that damn game and play it. Play it good, listener. Play it good. <laughs> play, play it good, listener. It's, good. That's our it's probably motto. the most interesting Metal Gear Solid game. I know that MGS3 is the fan favorite, and that's the most fun game to play, but nothing Kojima has written since Metal Gear Solid 2 has reached the heights narratively that 2 did. And, yeah, get on it. Alex, what's your favorite? Uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee. Knew it. I know you're gonna say yeah, that. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's the first real like significant Smash Bros. game. It's still played today. It is at a technical level. It's it's very well put together, and it's a surprisingly good like launch title for the GameCube. Like when you think of the GameCube, you think of Melee because everyone had it. Everyone played yep. it on their GameCube. Um, that's Melee attacking the power of uh, Juju. Super Monkey Ball is also one that I considered for a minute, and I then was gonna I... say mine. That is a joke for mine. Oh well, I kn- we know what yours is, so. Yeah, I know that's the thing. <laughs> what is yours? What is mine, Nolan and Alex? Conquer's bad fur day. I thought it was Conquer's big day. <laughs> oh my god, she sure did. I said no. that one time. Oh man. Um, I can't give a bunch of reasons why it's my favorite because I've talked about how this is one of my favorite games of all time. Probably every episode, every twenty. You've never mentioned this Conquer's is the bad 20th fur day. episode I've been on. You've not mentioned Silent Conquer's Hill bad 2. fur day once, Janelle. No, Silent Hill two. That came out in 2001, and it's one of the greatest games of all time. It's in my top five. Probably. Yeah, it's definitely in my top five. It's an incredible game, and I've already talked about it a shit ton. And I feel like if I talk about that game anymore on this podcast, I'll probably be forced to quit. So I won't, (laughs) but it's that one, obviously. All other games in 2001 sucked. Because that perfect, perfect game came out. We'll, well, do, I mean, a, we'll a... do a PT on you where we'll, we'll, we'll cancel this episode and we'll also quietly remove every other episode and then undownload them from listeners' phones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, then, and then Kojima will like make a cryptic tweet about releasing the Janelle episodes and it'll be a whole thing. By the way... Me and every other person in the Silent Hill community, every single time... <laughs> the people who live in Silent Hill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, every the single Silent time Hill there's a gaming event... God, that must every time suck. there's a gaming event, we're like, maybe this time. Maybe this time we'll get it. And then Resident Evil happened, and I wanted that, so I'm happy. But also I went, please, what just... Was, what was so fucked up about imagine... it was that there were rumors about Silent Hill. Like, legitimate, yeah. like... They, well, they I have to around. imagine the worst part... Of being a fan of a franchise like that is like you wait for an announcement but even if you get the announcement you don't, it's still a coin flip yeah because those games are either masterpieces or they're awful no one you don't there's have no to in, say there's no in between you don't have to say a franchise like that you can say a dead franchise it's okay oh no <laughs> oh boy Look, there's no there's no point in beating around the bush like <laughs> Hideo Kojima said that his next game is going to be spooks so do you maybe... know how many things Hideo Kojima has said <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know what a video game is, maybe. I think. <laughs> His next project is going to be a movie, isn't it? 
Hideo Kojima no, said No, he just that said that he's making movies now, too, I guess. But that his next game is going to be a spooky one. MGS2 was the last Metal Gear game until MGS3 was. And then that was the last <laughs> Metal Gear game. Every Metal Gear game has been the last That's Metal Gear game until on, we got that the last not, Metal Gear game. That is and not it, Kojima's fault at the all. Actual that story is behind, not his no, fault. The actual story behind Konami is it was it's the opposite of what we've always thought. Konami was telling him every time it was the last one. And then he just started making another one. And they were like, <laughs> you'll get away with it this time, Hideo, but you, you, you just wait. And then finally with five, they were like, that's it. No more. You're done. You're out. Stop making them. We can't keep printing them. It's like a parent who's like, they're telling their kid to come in. They're like, all right, you get, I'm going to count to five. You get five more minutes. And it's like 15 minutes. They can just keep extending it. <laughs> The only reason that... But when the kid spends a billion dollars on song licensing, it's like, all right, that's the last straw. You get in here. (laughs) What what were you going to say? The only reason that physical discs are dying is so that Konami doesn't have to keep printing out Metal Gear games because they still (laughs) can't make him stop. Uh, Physical discs dying is a Kojima marketing ploy where the next Kojima game will, like, preload onto everyone's console at one in the morning. And he'll have primed them by forcing them all to get internet by taking their disk drives away. It's gonna, it's gonna be a whole thing. You just wait. Yeah. Uh, all right. We yeah. are running out of time. Big time. We are out of time. Good cool. talk. Cool. Good talk. This has been the Emerald Games Cast episode three zero. I've been Nolan. With me has been. I'm Smokey Bear, and only you can prevent V Bucks scams. <laughs> scams. Fuck! I messed it up. <laughs> Okay, it's I'm, all good. I'm quoting the and, podcast. And, and, and? I'm with Dale. And you and. can... And Alex. And you can get information. You can get in touch with us at... Send us an email at emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter at O-D-E. Is it O-D-E or O-E-D? I always forget. It's O-D-E. O-D-E. Oregon Daily Emerald. Oh, that's that makes what, sense. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> is that my, I've always thought... That's our Phoenix Down that? moment. That's... Ode to the Gamescast. Yeah. Ode to Gamescast. Anyway, uh, yeah, we have hey. a Twitter account at uh, ODE Gamescast at twitter.com. Uh-huh. Um, listeners, we've given out our Twitter handle every episode. It's and... in the description, too. And it's in the description. And I am often in tweets from our podcast, and I've noticed that I'm not famous yet. And that's <laughs> wild to me. I'm the best uh, tweeter of the three of us, and I don't really understand what's going on, and I would appreciate it if you would follow me mm-hmm. or stop listening to my podcast. <laughs> Those are the options? That's it. Can't do that on the radio. Calls to action against the law. Yeah. And this yeah. isn't radio. All There's right. no rules. The FCC can't do shit. That's, yeah. And that's... Uh, that's why that's... that's a dying platform, and we're podcasters. <laughs> and that's why these podcasters are saying that has been the Emerald Games cast. See you at the 2020 Smokey Bear Jamboree.